thank you for tuning in to The Right Stuff, a show about readers and writers for readers and writers. I am Rachel A.G. Gilman, a writer, wanderer, and also your humble host. Each week, I will be speaking with a new writer, and then they'll give us a special reading of their work. So let's get started. Today, I am joined by Marissa Elliott Little, an awesome lady and an avid favorter of my tweets. She is a senior in the Gallatin School of Individualized Study at NYU, where she's concentrating in storytelling and the human experience. She has a minor in French to English literary translation. She was with Washington Square News for three years, where she wrote a column about women in the film industry called The 18%, and served as editor of the arts blog The Highlighter for over a year, which is where I met her when she edited my column Hump Day Update. Last spring, she had a short story published in the Gallatin Review and wrote and directed a short film. Over the summer, she wrote about the Boston Red Sox for iSportsWeb. She has interned for a literary agency and in film as a script reader. For the last year, she has interned as a book-to-film scout, a career she hopes to continue after graduation. Thanks for joining me today, Elliot. Thanks for having me, Rachel. How did you get started writing? I think it started the way it does for most people is that I was an avid reader. My parents like read to me like as soon as I was born and I guess even young I had a huge ego and I thought oh I can do this too and when I learned to write I just started writing and kept writing and I'll probably have arthritis before I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) What is your process like as a writer? Oh my god I, I like don't have a process sometimes I'm like oh I have all these feelings I should write them down and I'll keep going and yeah and I'd never do anything with it so um, here at NYU I've been taking creative writing classes and I'm kind of learning that writing is actually rewriting so I'm kind of developing a process that will stick I guess. What does a book to film scout do? I mean that sounds very self-explanatory but an interest of mine would be turning like books that I've written into screenplays. So what does that job do? Is that related to something like that? Yeah, actually. So it's actually kind of niche. What it is is that a literary scout is they keep on top of what's happening in publishing and like what books are coming out and getting buzz like like years before they're released. And when they think they have something good, they'll tell, you know, like a film producer or like a movie studio about it so they can buy the film rights. So, you know, how like Gone Girl, um, the movie was released like two years after the book came out. That's because, um, you know, 20th Century Fox had bought the rights to it before it was even published. So now I am working for um, the scout um, for like DreamWorks and NBC. So it's very cool. Are there any authors or books or even perhaps films that have inspired your writing? Um, In second grade, I wrote this story called The Evil Cat Lady Who Tried to Steal Christmas. And (laughs) in the acknowledgments, I thanked Anne M. Martin, who wrote The Babysitter's Club, and J.K. Rowling. Um, However, I'd also add um, Judy Blume to that. She was just, she's like basically like my god. Like, I think she or like... ABBA, like the band, is my religion on Facebook. (laughs) Um, I I met her over the summer at like the 92nd Street Y. I'm like, I literally cried. Like, she is so amazing. And I love Judy Bloom. Um, I guess I just kind of like her characters. I think now, especially in like young adult literature, um, all the characters are like, they're always like really smart or they're like, oh, I'm ugly, but they're like not. 
they're like, oh, I'm, like, flawed because I'm, like, six feet tall and, like, that's, that's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But, like, her characters are like, oh, you know, like, I'm not good at math or I'm kind of chubby, but, like, it's okay. So I think, I don't know, just, like, her flawed characters really inspired me. Like, they were real people. What advice would you give to other writers? I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice to <laughs> anyone about anything, but I think, you know, it's true. It's that, you know, you have to read to be a writer. You know, I hear people say like, oh, I want to be a writer, but they don't read. And to me, that's like, it's kind of like, well, who's going to read your stuff if you don't read anyone else's? But I think, you know, just kind of seeing, you know, how a story works and the plot and, you know, what's good and not good. Like, even if you don't like a book and you think it's terrible, there's like still so much to like gain. Like, I read so many bad books for work, but I feel like <laughs> I've improved so much. What are you going to read for us today? Um, in my creative nonfiction class, we read um, a piece by Luke Sant called Resume. And it is a nonfiction class, but this piece is entirely fictional. And I can't stress that enough in case anyone who knows me is listening to this. Um, so, yeah. This is my tribute to Luke Sant. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little, somewhere in Connecticut. It's not really important. I don't remember a lot about that day. I remember leaving the hospital a few days later after a fresh snowfall and wearing something homemade and purple. I want to say it was a scarf, but how do babies wear scarves if they don't have necks? My parents were pretty happy, I guess. Our apartment was one of our better ones. They had jobs, and now they have this pretty cute baby. They liked me so much, they decided to have another kid two years later. And I guess that's also when my mom thought about divorcing my dad. Not the fault of my sister, though. Not sure why I feel the need to mention this. After that, the next 14 years were a lot of moving and changing jobs, though I was always in the same school system, so no one really noticed. Going unnoticed is a common theme in my life, and I guess it's not that anyone noticed, it's that no one really cared, which is another common theme in my life. I finally did get divorced and found happiness with other people. I'm doing all right, I guess. My mom's husband co-signed my student loans. My dad's girlfriend still hasn't accepted my friend request on Facebook. I also have a neck now, which is pretty cool. No homemade purple scarves, though. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little, who drove me home in a brand new car to a house that had a mortgage and a yard, and I definitely wasn't wearing clothes from Walmart. They were happy, and our life was just like a syndicated show on TV land. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little on the naval base in Cuba. My dad had joined the Navy to escape his home state of Idaho and his first marriage. He stopped briefly in Connecticut where he met my mom and whisked her away to the land of Fidel Castro after a whirlwind romance. He had a decorated 20-year naval career, my beautiful, posh mother by his side. We moved a lot, but always to nice houses and nice places. We finally returned to Connecticut and settled down when I was in middle school. This stability enabled me to begin my ascendancy of the Carl C. Cutler Middle School social ladder. I was beautiful, I was popular, and I was smart. I had parties at our big house where my dad grilled burgers and my mom French braided my hair. The world was my oyster, which is ironic because I'm allergic to seafood. I was born on February 3rd, 1994 to Sean and Kelly Little. Well, technically just Kelly, who went back to Kelly J. Williams. She moved our few possessions into her mother's house where we stayed for the next decade. As my mom worked three jobs and grandma made sure I had dinner on time. We moved into our own apartment when I was 11 and mom only had two jobs. We upgraded to a small house near the beach, a shed among the McMansions when I was in high school and she only had one job. This was around the time my dad stopped dropping by every few months. 
He just disappeared. My mom thought I should get therapy, but I decided to embark on a rap career. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little, who really f***ing hated each other. Each night, I fell asleep to their screaming matches, sleepily noting their inventive, colorful language. Some children counted sheep. I counted As a person, they liked me just fine, and I quite liked them. As a child, well, they were a bit too busy struggling to stay in the middle class, so parenting was put on the back burner. Where I also once left a paper plate while I turned the knobs on the stove, trying to find one burner that worked, and well, I guess I found one that did work. I had just wanted some ramen to take a load off after a rough day of fifth grade, and who knew if I was getting dinner tonight. The fire department came, and everything was peachy, and this whole episode was blown way out of proportion, but I was sent to spend afternoons with my grandmother, who only let me eat applesauce. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little, who kind of forgot I'd been born. I mean, not really, but parenting wasn't really a priority, you know? They never asked about my friends, just assumed I had them, and wouldn't do anything stupid. They were too busy working to take the time to instill morals and values in me, so I wasn't raised in the shame-based culture the rich blonde people at my school were. Like any neglected misfit, I wore flannel from Goodwill with Doc Martens I stole. My friends pierced various parts of my body behind the dumpster at lunch. The money from my mom's apron was used for cigarettes. My body was a fair trade for alcohol and rides to parties. I graduated high school, but the real accomplishment is that I did it with an empty uterus. The school guidance counselor advised me to leave this off my application for a community college. Joke's on her, because I never applied. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little, a pair of well-meaning conservatives. When Bush failed to secure a third term and that Illinois senator was elected, we moved to Texas, where this terrorist couldn't take away our guns and our God. I married a nice boy from church who joined the military. During my time as a military wife, I racked up an arsenal of recipes that Martha Stewart couldn't compete with. After Paula Deen's unwarranted departure from the Food Network, they called me to fill the void. Unfortunately, I had to decline. A woman's place is in the home, after all. They put me in touch with producers at TLC, and while here I am, star of Jeb and Elliot's Ark of God's Little Angels. I was born on February 3, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little. My father's naval career took us to New Zealand. In middle school, my best friend and I murdered my mother. After we served our sentences, and let me tell you, this was before prison was fun like Orange is the New Black, I changed my name and moved to England, where I became a celebrated crime writer. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little. They divorced when I was young, and I spent Sundays with my father, which meant we watched football. In 2011, after my father's beloved Pittsburgh Steelers beat my New England Patriots, I tried to strangle him. He didn't struggle, and I thought, I won. No, sadly. My chubby little body couldn't take this much physical exertion. When I gave up and wiped my sweaty palms on my khaki pants and gray sweatshirt, my father said, Do not read my emails. We're vampires. We're immortal. And I said, Oh, how does that happen? And he said, well, if your parents are vampires, you are a vampire. He paused and added, if you have sex with someone who isn't a vampire, they'll turn into one. But you're daddy's little girl, and I know you're saving your purity for marriage. I left the basement, telling him I had some phone calls to make. I was born on February 3rd, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little. I was always a chunky kid with frizzy hair and acne. After watching a movie marathon on ABC, I went to an optometrist for help. I need to get rid of these glasses, and then I'll be beautiful, I explained. She, too, had seen the marathon and donated a pair of contact lenses to my cause. While putting in the right one, I dropped it. Twenty years later, I'm still hunched over in that gas station bathroom looking for it. 
I was born on February 3rd, 1994 to Sean and Kelly Lowe. My parents got rid of cable and elementary school. Outraged, I packed my bags and took off for my grandmother's. Upon arriving at her home, I discovered that she too was packing her bags. She informed me she was returning to her home state of Missouri. I wrongly assumed they had cable in Missouri and followed her. My grandmother's social security wasn't enough to support us and I wasn't eligible for American Idol, so I began to look for work. Because I had mastered long division and was already reading at a middle school level, I was qualified to work in the front office of the Kansas City Royals. My senior year of high school, I turned down a partial jazz scholarship to Arizona State and, inst and instead accepted an offer to become the general manager of the Royals. In 2015, we won the World Series and I tweeted to Theo Epstein, I am the captain now. I was born on February 3, 1994 to Sean Little and Kelly J. Williams, two trailer trash teenagers who didn't understand birth control. Upon seeing my full head of hair, a nurse asked if they would consider giving me up for adoption, for which they'd received generous compensation. And so, a week later, I was brought to a brick house in Cambridge, Mass., where an infertile but ambitious couple welcomed me, or the nanny, rather. In exchange for the Kennedy name and a life of privilege, I was a prop that took my father all the way to the Senate, and my mom to collaborate with Victoria Beckham on a line of handbags. Before I could join the Peace Corps and make a life as a socialite, I was killed in a car accident while my Uncle Ted taught me to drive. He dumped me outside of Fenway Park, where I was found surrounded by a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. I was born on February 3, 1994, to Sean and Kelly Little. Despite my New England upbringing, I fell hard for number 12 in Green Bay. Was it the pullover sweaters he wore to face the press or his pastor rating? I'll never know. I got on my bike and headed for Wisconsin. Unfortunately, I have terrible navigation and ended up in Mexico. I now live with Tupac and zombie Amelia Earhart. When we're not enjoying all the wonderful sights Mexico has to offer, we're rehearsing for our Phil Collins tribute band. I was born on February 3, 1994 to Sean and Kelly Little. My father had met my mother in Connecticut on a trip with his church. They fell in love immediately and he brought her back to his home state of Idaho and the cult he was in and forgot to mention. My mother escaped while going door-to-door -to, -door to pass out copies of The Watchtower. We went to Hollywood and a Lifetime movie was made about us. In a trace of irony, my mother's fame led her to the Church of Scientology. I write this from Tom Cruise's basement. Please send help. I was born on February 3, 1994, in New London, Connecticut, to Sean and Kelly Little. We moved around the county a lot, and my dad changed jobs even more frequently. They should have gotten divorced a lot sooner than they did, but they did the best they could. I think I turned out just fine. Thank you so much to Elliot for joining me today. If you have any questions or if you'd like to be featured as a writer on the show, shoot me an email at rachelg at wnyu.org. Until next time, I'm Rachel A.G. Gilman, and this has been The Right Stuff on wnyu.org. And if you're happy with yourself, then all the rest can go to hell. Hey, brother, that's the